0: Joshua chapter number 23. 23 said, man, we jumped ahead. Now I'll explain why here in just a minute. Joshua chapter number 23. and We'll begin reading in verse number 1. <clears throat> and then we'll explain. We're going to read just a few verses for our text tonight. And then I'll let you sit down and then we're, we'll continue with the study this evening. How many of y'all are glad to be saved? Amen. How many of y'all are ready for Santa Claus? <clears throat> oh, How many of y'all have procrastinated? How many of y'all do it every year? Yeah, yeah. Why do today what we can do tomorrow? Amen? Amen. (laughs) All right. Well, here's the, here's, we got good news and bad news. All right. What do you want first, the good news or the bad news? Okay. All right. Here's the bad news. It's going to be 68 degrees Sunday. So that's not going to feel like Christmas. I mean, 68 degrees, that's, that's Christmas in Fort Pierce, Florida, my hometown, amen? So anyway, you say, what's the good news? It's going to be 68 degrees Sunday. That means all the Baptists can come to church on Sunday, amen? Isn't that great? Amen. I'm sorry, I'm just venting a little bit right there, all right? All right. Now, some of you had not smiled yet. I'll get you for tonight's over, Amen. Everybody look at me and smile real big. Everybody look at me and smile real big. All right, I'm scanning, I'm scanning. I'm going to point you out if you ain't smiling. I'm going to point you out. I'm going to point you out. There we go. There we go. All right, up in the balcony. you lucky I can't see that far. All right, is everybody smiling up there? Check, turn around, look at your neighbor, make sure they're smiling. There we go. All right. All right, here we go. Joshua chapter number 23, and we're going to begin in verse number 1. If you found your spot, say amen. It says, And it came to pass <coughs> a long time after that the Lord had given rest unto Israel from all their enemies round about, that Joshua waxed old and stricken in age. And Joshua called for all of Israel and, all, and for their elders and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers, and said unto them, I am old and stricken in age, and ye have seen all that the Lord your God hath done unto all these nations because of you. For the Lord your God is he that hath fought for you. Behold, in other words, look, look. I have decided, I have divided unto you by lot these nations that remain to be an inheritance for your tribes from Jordan and from all the nations that I have cut off even under the great sea westward. And the Lord your God, he shall expel them from before you and drive them from out of your sight, and ye shall possess their land as the Lord your God hath promised you. Now here's, here's key verses Verses 6, 7, and 8. Very key verses, okay? Be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses, that ye turn not aside from it, uh, therefrom to the right hand or to the left. Verse 7. That ye come not among these nations, these that remain among you, neither make mention of the name of their gods, nor cause to swear by them, neither serve them, nor bow yourselves unto them, but cleave unto the Lord your God as ye have done unto this day. All right? How many needs a lesson? How many needs a lesson? Raise your hand real high if you need a lesson. Good gracious. Googly moogly. Raise your hand real high. Hurry up there. Hurry up. We got some running, Brother Johnny. Y'all falling down on the job. My gracious. Raise your hand real high. Real high. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Real high. All right. want to make sure everybody gets one. I usually do this first forward read, but I forgot. All the Christmas spirits got me discombobulated. Amen? All right. Is everybody in the back? Everybody got theirs? All right. Well, let's, let's say a word of prayer, and, uh, and we'll get started this evening. Father, thank you, Lord, so much. Thank you so much for the, the privilege. Lord, it is a privilege. It's a privilege to stand in your house in front of your people and opening your word and sharing the truth of the gospel. Lord, I pray right now that you'll give me the ability... I pray that you'll give me the clarity. Lord, it seems like Satan has done everything he could on Wednesday nights to try to stop this thing and, and try to uh, hinder or distract or do things that would uh, keep your people from learning. And so that just tells me this is important. It's important what we're doing tonight. And I pray, God, that you'll help us, help every, every person to be able to, to settle in tonight and, and forget about their issues at home, forget about their issues at work, Uh, Forget about their issues at school. And and Lord, for just a few minutes tonight, focus completely on you. Focus completely on your word and be attentive and be able to listen. And God, I pray that you'll speak to us. I pray that it's not academic. It's not just some information that we're getting or learning. It's something that we hear from you. You are speaking to us as a father to to his child. And God, I pray your perfect will be done. Move in an awesome way. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. So far, so far in the book of Joshua, uh, we've had some ups and downs. Would you agree with that? Say amen. We've had some ups and downs, hills and valleys. We've had victories. We've had defeat. uh, We've had deceit. We've had disobedience. uh, uh, We've had deliverance. We've had all these things so far in the book of Joshua. Joshua is a type of of the victorious Christian life. We said when we started this study, when we started this, this lesson, uh, that we would learn what it takes to, to be victorious in life. We would learn what it takes to, uh, to win in the battle of life. And, and so far we've experienced that. We saw that we're not going to be perfect. We saw that we're going to make mistakes. But we did learn that as long as we follow God, as long as we get a word from God, as long as we learn to hear from God, That is so important that we learn to hear from God. Yes, we have God's Word. Yes, we have it in paper. Yes, we have it in print. Yes, we have it in black and white and reds. Amen. We've got all of that, but have you learned to hear from Him? Have you learned to study it and read it and allow God to speak to you through it? Not just at church, not just at Bible study, but in your own time, in your own devotional time. God spoke specifically to Joshua, and he told him in chapter number 1, he said, listen, if you will do what I tell you, there's great promises waiting on you. If you do what I tell you, I'm going to be with you. If you do what I tell you, I'm going to be with you just like I was with Moses. And everywhere you go, you're going to be a success. Everything you do, you're going to be a success. You're going to prosper if you will follow my lead. Somebody say amen. Listen, he he took that, he took God at his word. He believed God when he said that. He believed the word of God when he gave them them instructions. And as best he could, we know he had a hiccup. Now, how many of y'all believe Joshua was a great man? I do too, I do too. Great warrior, a great warrior, but he had a hiccup. You say, what's the point? The point is, if he can have a hiccup, uh, we're going to have a hiccup. It's not the end of the world. Yes, you failed. Yes, you made a mistake. Yes, you you, you, you fell so bad, your, your nose hit the carpet, and you got up looking like a these pugs. Amen. All right? Get back up. Don't stay down. A good man will get back up. A good man will fall, but a good man will get back up. We got to be like Joshua when he fell before his face before the Lord. The first thing God told him is get up. You can't stay down. Get up. We have another plan. You have to deal with the sin that's there, but before you can deal with the sin that's there, you got to get up. And sometimes we need to just tell ourselves, get up. Say amen. Get up. Listen, we, 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 we've learned so much so far. Now, from chapter 10, from chapter 10 all the way to chapter uh, uh, probably 17. Uh, you find, actually, we, we, let, me, let me just do this. I want you to flip your paper. <laughs> flip your paper over. It should be blank, right? Okay? Here's what I want you to write down. Just write these things down because, really, the chapters between where we stopped and where we're going to be tonight is really uh, repetitive information, repetitive words, uh, summaries, if you will, and I'll explain it. okay? So write this down. Chapters 10 through 12. Chapters 10 through 12 is a summary of the kings and cities defeated. I mean, it just gives you a list of uh, one by one by one by one, the different kings and the different cities that were defeated, okay? There's really not a, a lot of application to that. It's just information, so write that down. Chapters 10 through 12 is a summary of the kings and the cities defeated, all right? Chapters 13 through 21, chapters 13 through 21 is the assigning of the land to the tribes as their inheritance. In other words, when they went through and they conquered, then they divided. They conquered and divided, all right? They said, okay, you have this part, you have this part, and they did it by lots. They asked God, okay, who gets what? And, and, and Joshua began to divide the, the inheritance. He divided the land to all of the different tribes. That was his assignment. Do you remember chapter number 1? He said, you're going to go in here, you're going to lead these people, you're going to win the victory, and then you're going to divide for them an inheritance the land that I have promised them. If you're following me so far, say amen. amen. All right, that section of the book of Joshua is Joshua dividing out the land. Now, if you remember, if you remember, because this brings us this brings us to, to chapter 22. This brings us to chapter 22. Uh we find we, <laughs> there, was, there was three tribes, actually two tribes and a half a tribe, uh, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh. They stayed on that side of Jordan. How many of y'all remember that? All right, let's, let's, let's do a little review real quick, okay? Before they crossed over the Jordan River, uh, uh, they came and, and, and these three tribes, uh, Reuben, Gad, and the half-tribe of Manasseh, said this, said, We like this area. This is good for our cattle. This is good for uh, our farming and that type of thing. Uh, we're, we're go- we'd, we'd, we prefer to stay on this side. Now, you remember, the promised land was on the other side. You with me? So, but they said, hey, we want to hang out here. And Joshua made the agreement with them <clears throat> and said, look, uh, it's fine. It's fine for you to stay over here, uh, but you're fighting, men, You're going to come help us. You're going to come help us, and you're going to spend the time... And listen, you've got your inheritance. You've got what, what's been coming to you or what's going to come to you. Now you've got to come help your brethren get what's coming to them, if that makes sense. Amen. So the fighting men went with them, went with them, and went through the promised land with them and fought for them. So basically about seven years, they're fighting. And they're, they're winning the battles, and they're, they're, they're conquering the land, and they're defeating the enemy. Now, in chapter number 22, Joshua, he dispatches them and lets them go. Honorable discharge, said, you did a good job. You fulfilled your commitment. You did what you were supposed to do. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So, uh, because of that, he said, now you can go home to your family. Your brothers are in peace. They have what uh, God has promised them, and now you can go back to your families. Man, that's a great deal. Can you imagine being away from your families that amount of time? You know, about seven years they've been, they've been fighting and separated from their families. Now they get to go back. Well, in the process of going back, in the process of going back, they begin to realize that they're separated. They're separated from the rest of the tribes. They're separated from the promised land. Uh, and, and more specifically, they're separated from the presence of God. Technically, in, in, in a type, because they are far away from the tabernacle, they are far away from the the, the altar in the in the in the mercy seat and the the traveling tabernacle. If you're with me, say amen right there. So they say, here's what we're going to do. He said, when we get over here, we're going to build an altar. We're going to build an altar as a reminder and a memorial of of uh, so that our children, so that our children won't forget what the deal is, we'll, we'll know we're still connected. We may be on that side of the river, but we're still a part of this thing. Is that, does that make sense? Okay, well, word got back to the rest of the tribes on that side of Jordan. And they said, well, they've done, that's it. We knew it was going to happen. They've done left God and they've done build an altar over there. And, and their, their understanding, they thought that they were worshiping other gods that they had made this new altar, and now they've left the God of Israel. Uh, they've left the God of Isaac and Jacob and Abraham. And, and so, so basically what happened, they almost started another war, uh, basically a civil war between uh, the tribes on this side of the Jordan and the tribes on that side of the Jordan. So uh, cooler heads prevailed. They sent the priests and, 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 and a, a, a group of men to go and, and, and confront what they thought was the issue, what they thought was rebellion against God. And, and in that situation, all this is in chapter 22. The whole story, everything you see is in chapter number 22. And when they got there, they said, no, 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 you don't understand. We're not, we're not, you know, we're not sacrificing to other gods. We're not doing this in rebellion. Uh, we're doing this because possibly what if one day that your children will say to our children, you have no part with us. What do you have to do with the God of Israel? Because we are separated. Hey, we just wanted something. We wanted something that we could hold on to, something that would remind us of who we are as a people, who we are and where we come from. This was not to pull us away from the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This was something to keep us to that, and they were pleased, they were settled, and they were okay with the deal. Now, what do we learn from that? <clears throat> What do we learn from that? We need to be concerned not only for our sakes, but we need to be concerned for our brethren. Right. Now you say, what does that mean? Uh, one of the one of the key verses, uh, one of the key verses. Matter of fact, let's just turn there real quick. I, 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 I under look, look what it says. Look what it says in chapter number twenty two, verse thirty one. Chapter twenty two, verse thirty one. Get there real quick. And, and by the way, we're going to do a lot of shuffling. We're going to look at a lot of verses if we have time tonight. Uh, uh, just as we go. All right, verse 31, chapter 22, verse 31. If you're there, say amen. It says, And Phinehas the son of Eleazar the priest said unto the children of Reuben, and to the children of Gad, and to the children of Manasseh, This day we perceive that the Lord is among us, because ye have not committed this trespass against the Lord. Now ye have delivered the children of Israel out of the hand of the Lord. You see, this was the problem. This was the issue. This was their main concern. Look, if you go and you follow other gods, then you're going to bring the wrath of God upon us. Now, where did they get that from? What would make them think that? Could, could, you, could it be that they remembered what Achan did? Could it be that they remembered when Achan sinned? It was his deal, but his sin caused us all to fall. And cause us all to be in defeat. And, and here's the thing. Uh, what you do, well, actually two things we need to remember. You think your sin is just about you, but it affects other people. Right. And secondly, we need to pray not just for us, but we need to pray for each other. Right. We are together. We are connected. We are family. You say, where well, we're not blood. You can be closer spiritually than you are physically. Some of the closest brothers and sisters I have are not blood, but they are, well, they're blood, but it's Christ's blood. Are y'all with me? And we need to be concerned about that. We need to check up on each other. We need to be able to confront issues in our lives. Iron sharpeneth iron. Amen? And so here we have, here we have chapter 22. We have really the, the dismissal, and, and they're going back home. There's a little issue there. They solved it and took care of it. Now, now. That brings us to chapters twenty-three and twenty-four, the last two chapters in the book. Now, this is the farewell chapter. This is a this is an old. Now, think about this. <clears throat> uh, Joshua is uh, what? About one hundred ten. Uh, uh, he's an old soldier. This is a man. This is a man whose life. This is a man whose life began in slavery. He began his life in Egypt as a slave. He began his life in bondage. He began his life in turmoil and difficulty. A slave. Isn't that much like who we are? We are in bondage to sin. We are in bondage to Satan. We we are following the God of this world. We were dead in our trespasses and in sins. But God gloriously comes. Somebody say amen. Well, he begins his life a slave. He begins his life in Egypt. And now, here at the end of his life, he ends it in a worship service. A worship service. I don't know about y'all, but that's a good way to go. Yes, we have issues. We have highs and we have lows. We have battles that we've won. We have battles that we've lost. But when it's all said and done... We remember where it all came from. Now here's the thing. Here's the old soldier. Here's the old general. Here's the battle warrior who's fought a good fight. He's kept the faith. He's been faithful to his responsibility. He's been faithful to his assignment. And now it's time to go. He's lived a long, fulfilled life. God's blessed him. He's had the favor of God on him. And now he's fixing to die. He uses the phrase... He uses the phrase "I'm going the way of all the earth in other words if God tarries is coming we're all going to die yeah. nobody's going to live forever we're going to go back to the dust that we came from we're all going to die if Jesus carries his coming tum- earth carries his tum- is coming amen listen uh i'm I'm personally I'm looking for a hole in the sky not the hole in the ground amen i i'm I'm waiting for the upper taker not the undertaker amen And I I hope that is. But if God tarries his coming, we're all going to go that way. All right? He's going to paradise. He's going to paradise. So you say, well, he's got everything going his way. But here's the thing. As we read chapters 23 and 24, we find out he's got great concerns. He's got great concerns. And his great concern is not his legacy. His great concern is not that people remember all of his exploits, all the battles that he's won. His, his, his great concern is not what people will think about him. It's not that, that his children will tell the stories of who he was, this great general, this second-in-command to Moses, who took over and won the victory and divided the inheritance. That wasn't his greatest concern. As we read these two chapters, we find his greatest concern is the welfare and the spiritual, spiritual condition of the people he's leaving behind. Amen. And you know what? If you keep reading in the book of Judges, he had a good reason to be concerned. You know, some of the saddest verses I've ever read is in the book of Judges. Because the Bible says this, that Joshua dies. And then the elders that served with Joshua, they died also. And here's the words, here's the words, verbatim. And there arose another generation who knew not the Lord. Wow. How in the world? When when God's people were commanded, you talk about God, you explain God, you teach God. You do it in the morning, you do it in the afternoon, and you do it in the evening. When you get out of bed, you tell them about me. When you go to bed, you tell them about me. Use every opportunity you can to teach them about me. But guess what? There arose a whole generation who knew not the Lord. And because they knew not the Lord, they followed the gods of the people that they were there. And God's anger was kindled against them. So we see he has a right. And, I, and I'm saying all this is, a, is kind of a, a precursor, kind of a, just laying the foundation for the, the, the two chapters we're going to study tonight. And you'll understand why he's saying what he's saying. You'll understand why he's concerned. You think maybe? You think maybe Joshua was thinking about when they were at Mount Sinai? You remember when they were at Mount Sinai and God gave them the commandments? And God gave them the instructions? And God gave them the law? Do you remember what the people said? You remember what the people said? This is what they said Woohoo! We're in! We're in, we're going to follow you. Whatever you say, we're going to do it. Bless God, thank God we ain't in Egypt no more. And you know what? Just a couple chapters later, they're bowing down to a golden calf. You think Joshua remembered that? You think Joshua remembered hearing the words, Yeah, we'll do whatever you tell us to do. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, we're we're all about it. We're in. We'll follow you. And then he remembered up on that mountain with Moses. And he listened and said, Man, that sounds like the sound of war. They come down and there was idolatry. And because of the idolatry, there was immorality. Joshua was concerned. So he gives them one last address. He gathers everybody together and says, look, I'm old, and I'm fixing to go. My life here is over. I'm fixing to head on out. He said, I want to give you some last-minute instructions. That's kind of where we're at tonight. Now, if all that makes sense, say amen. amen. Okay, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> I want you, to, I want you to, to to look at these three verses in 23, and then we're going to study 24, Okay. In twenty three is Joshua reminding the people of what God has done. In twenty four, it is God speaking. He's speaking through Joshua, but it's specifically God saying, "This is what I've done." Okay, jo- chapter twenty three, Joshua. Chapter twenty four, God. All right. Some some uh, commentaries have said that chapter twenty three was Joshua addressing the leaders and the elders and and, and uh, the the the. The hierarchy and leadership. And then in chapter number 24 is when he's addressing everybody. So whether that be so, here's what I want you to. uh, Verses 6, 7, and 8 of chapter 23. Chapters 23. Okay? From verses 1 through 5, we find him reminding what God's done for him. Okay? Now he says 6, 7, and 8. 6, 7, and 8. This is what I want you to do. This is what I want you to do. Verse 6. Verse 6. All right? And and this is something I want you to write on the the opposite side. Not your note side, but the opposite side. Where you just got through writing. All right? Verse 6. He says, be ye. What's that word? Okay. Verse verse 6. Verse 6, chapter 23. Joshua, Old Testament. Y'all with me? Let's try it again. Be ye. There, ho, 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 ho. Be ye. Therefore. Be ye. Therefore. Now remember, when you see the word therefore or wherefore, you read before it and find what it's. Therefore. Oh, right. <laughs> right? Verses 1 through 5, if we go back and read it, he says this is what God did. This is what God did for you. Now because of that, this is what you need to do. How many of y'all? How many of y'all could admit tonight? God's been good to us. Amen. <laughs> therefore, I'm telling you this now, because what he's already done. Then, amen. So therefore, this is the responsibilities we have. Look what it says. Therefore. Uh, be ye therefore very courageous to keep and to do all that is written in the book of the law of Moses. That ye turn not aside, therefore, or excuse me, therefrom, to the right hand or to the left. It was the exact same instructions he gave him in chapter 1. So number, number one, if you're writing this, I just put in my notes, see, I type mine. But anyway, I, I just put here, verse 6, verse 6. He's instructing them to know and follow the word to know and follow the word not just know it it's not it's not enough just to know what the bible says all right we do have a we do have an epidemic in our country it, it, the bible says my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge it, it is an amazing thing the amount of people who are biblically ignorant. I guarantee you, I guarantee you, that most Christians in the American church, if they were to go on that show, the Bible quiz show or whatever, they'd fail miserably over the simplest things. And and we have an epidemic of this. We have people who know uh, 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 cliches, we're good at cliches. We know certain topics maybe. But a true sense of God's Word and systematic theology, we are very ignorant of these things. And we've got to change that. You say, how do we change that? You've got to get more of the Bible than just what's on Wednesday night and Sunday. It has to be a personal issue. You have to take initiative and do it on your own. He told this is what he told, This is what he told Joshua. He said, you need to meditate on it day and night we we got to practice Psalm 1. What Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law doth he meditate day and night. Are y'all with me? The Bible says there's so many blessings that's connected to that. We have to learn it. We have to read it. We have to meditate on it. We have to study it. We have to make an effort. We have to make an effort. I, I took a class. I'm ashamed of this. I'm going to just tell you right, right up front, I'm ashamed of this. But I had a, I had a, a class my senior year in high school, and it was the seventh period, and it was marine biology, and I didn't have to have it. I had all my sciences in, so I didn't have to have it. So I was terrible. I slept almost every day. <laughs> I, I, I'm just telling you. Uh, one particular day, uh, <laughs> Mr. Priest came by. That was his His name. His last name was Priest, great guy. Uh, I guess he, he, he kind of realized that we didn't really need the class. Class was kind of boring. And, uh, and, and the book was on the desk, and my head was on the book, and I was asleep. <laughs> and he tapped, on the, he tapped on the desk, and he says, Mr. Carter, he says, this doesn't work by osmosis. <clears throat> he said, you're not going to suck the knowledge up in your head by having it. rest." Of, you know, he said, Basically what he's saying, you've got to make an effort you got to make an effort. And I, I, I think if we ever, we want success. Everybody's here, man. Everybody's jacked up about this. Oh, yeah, we're going to learn how to win. And, we, and, and, and then you can't find your Bible during the week. Right? right? we got to know the Word. But not only know it, we've got to do it. We've got to apply it. Right? Practice it. He says, do what I say. If you do what I say. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I want God to speak to me. Cause I need guidance and I need wisdom and I need I need, and, and God's saying I wrote it down. Yeah, right. So I need wisdom. Read Proverbs. Every decision you'll ever make in your life, you can find divine. You, remember, you, you hear what I'm saying? I'm not saying good advice and what some divine, D-I-V-I-N-E, divine wisdom, supernatural wisdom. In one book of the Bible. We gotta do it. We gotta learn it. You can't do something you don't know. So, in this verse, he said, Listen, and this amazing? What did what did he and he said the same thing that God told him in chapter number one? He's telling them here. He said, If you do this, you're gonna have to be somebody said it? Isn't that crazy? You don't have to be brave. It takes courage. Maybe that's why we're not making a great effort. Because it takes courage to stand out, it takes courage to stand up. Right? Anyway, know the book. Know the book. <clears throat> know and follow it know and follow it say it with me know and follow it verse 6 verse 7 verse 7 this is important sometimes we get kind of away from this but this is important <clears throat> that ye come not among these nations these that remain among you neither make mention of the name of their gods nor cause to swear by them neither serve them nor bow yourselves unto them he says stay a separated people I put I put verse 7 be a separated people be a separated people. <clears throat> you say, why is this important? And we're applying it to there. We're applying it to there. Uh, or excuse me, we're taking what he's saying here and applying it. He said the things in, in the Old Testament was written for our admonition and for our teaching and our example. And, uh, and, and you say, why is it important? Why is this a concept that we need to understand as New Testament Christians today? All right, let's be biblical. Be not conformed to this world. Right? Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? Does the Bible not say, come out from among them? Yes. Come out from among them and be ye separate. separate right? Saith the Lord. What, what fellowship does light have with darkness? What, what fellowship does God's people have with... And now, now, let me clarify this because we've done had this study before. This is not saying we need to be isolationists. We don't, we don't go up on a mountain build a big fence around us and keep all the hell and the devil and the world people and, and the heathens and, you know, we're just waiting for Jesus to come. No. He said, I'm not taking you out of the world. I'm just going to pray the world stays out of you. He said, you're not going to be able to reach the world unless you make contact with the world. Salt don't do any good in the shaker. You can wave it over all you want, but it ain't going to season nothing. Say Amen. And by the way, it won't season nothing in the cabinet neither. If all we ever did was have holy huddles in here and, and told us how good each other we was doing as Christians and all that, and we never went out there and shared what we got in here, we would be worthless. You're a worthless Christian if you don't take what you get in here and take it out there with you. Don't blame me. I'm just quoting Jesus. Watch this. Yee. Are the salt of the earth. Isn't that what Jesus said? Yeah. What colors you writing? Red. Red. Who said it? Jesus. Jesus. He said, you're the salt of the earth. And then he says this, if the salt loses its savor, it's good for. See, I didn't say it. Jesus said it. If <laughs> I'm not being facetious. I'm just trying to help us get a good grip about this. If we're not taking what we have here out there, we're not going to make we're not going to make a difference. But here's the thing. We have to know the line. And we have to understand that we are different. That we cannot we cannot be like the world. There has to be a difference. And I'm not saying, you know, when I was growing up, when I was growing up, uh there was a lot of legalism and a lot of false teaching that you had to You had to look weird to be different. You don't have to look weird. But you do have to look modest. Now I know sometimes. Modesty to some people is going to look weird. It is what it is. In today's world. You know. I mean. But we have to be different. We have to be separated. And this is why Joshua was telling them. He said if you hang out with these people. They will corrupt you. He said matter of fact. I don't even want you talking about their gods. Don't even go as so far to let their God's name be in your mouth. Be ye separate. we got we to learn. We, we are a separated people. We are different. So how do we, how do, we do this? Remember, that, remember the words in, 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 in Romans 12. Be not conformed. Say that word with me. Be not conformed. conformed. Now remember, if you take that word... If you take that word and study that word, it literally means to apply pressure. It means to apply pressure. Like a machine would take a material and press into a mold. It would take the plastic or it would take the metal and press it into a mold to the form of the mold. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's the illustration here. He's saying that the world wants to press you into a mold. What mold? Satan's mold. The design that Satan wants you to have. And, and so the, the world on the outside applies pressure. It applies peer pressure. Pro, uh, applies culturistic pressure to you to try to form you in, into who they are and their lifestyle and their behavior and to make you think that what they're doing is okay. Y'all with me? It says be not conformed. Don't allow the world's pressure to press you into the mold of Satan and the mold of this world. But he says this, but be ye transform. transformed. Now, see, this is a totally different way. Be ye transformed. The word transform is where we get our word. It's, it's, the, it's the Greek word metamorphio, which we get our word metamorphosis. If you know anything about metamorphosis, you know it's a caterpillar. A caterpillar goes in a cocoon, comes out beautiful butterfly. Now, the whole time inside that, that caterpillar, that ugly caterpillar, there was a beautiful butterfly. It was in there, but it had to come out. And what is metamorphosis? It's a change that takes place from the inside out. You see, the world wants to apply outside pressure to make what they want out of you. And what God says is change from the inside out. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you renew your mind? With God's Word. You renew your mind by truth. See, when when we were born, we were born broke. We were born corrupt. We were born sinners. But when we start filling our minds with God's Word, there's a transformation that takes place. You begin to think differently. You begin to act differently. You begin to talk differently. Why? Because the Word of God is supernatural and it's powerful. Say amen. And you start acting different than the world. You start looking different than the world. You start behaving different than the world. But watch this. Watch this. everybody paying attention? I don't care how far you go. And I don't care how far you grow. The moment you stop, you put your Bible down, and you stop making an effort. Guess what? You immediately begin to regress. You never get to the place where you have arrived. You never get to the place where you can let your guard down. Some of the most knowledgeable, biblical, biblical, uh, wise men of God that I've, I've ever known have gotten messed up and gotten in trouble. Because somewhere along the line... They thought they were okay. They didn't think they had to be careful anymore. They didn't think they had to be separated anymore. Because they were good. They got this. I'm good. I'm strong. Solomon thought that. And he's the wisest dude to ever live. David thought that. He's the man closest to God's own heart. But what's the point? No matter if you do, know it and follow it. Stay separated. Know your boundaries. Know your limits. I I don't know why I'm going so much into this, but I'm just trying to follow the Holy Spirit with this. You're never there. As long as you're in flesh and you're living on this planet, you're in danger of falling. Amen? Amen? Here's a, here's a great illustration. <clears throat> we are basically the moment. The, imagine a river, a real swift river. I mean, a swift flowing river. There was a there was a river uh, in, in South Carolina uh, where I, where I pastored that was called the Salkahatchee River, and it was it was not a wide river like the Tennessee River. It was not that big like that, but it was it was a smaller, narrow river. but it it that made it fast i mean it had a pretty strong current and uh and 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 here's the thing when you got in that thing you better either have a good motor or know where you're going and know what you're doing because you're going with it y'all with me now imagine everybody in this river this type of river everybody's in this river and everybody's going the same direction. Everybody is. When you're born, everybody's born the same way. Nobody's born saved. Everybody's born lost. Everybody's born broke. Everybody's born corrupt. There is none righteous, no, not one. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There is none that seeketh after him. Somebody say amen. amen. We are all. David said this, and sin did my mother conceived me. What he's basically saying is I, was, I arrived broken. And everybody does. So everybody's in this river. Everybody's flowing, with, going with the flow. Everything's great. Well, well, well sooner or later, uh, Jesus comes by, and he touches you and changes your life, and you get saved, and immediately you're swimming against the current. Immediately. Things change in your life. You might not be swimming as fast as some people, and you might not be swimming as strong and have as much stamina as some of them, but you're against the current. You have turned and you, you're going a different way. That's repentance. It means to turn. All right? So now we're going against the current. We're swimming. We're following Christ. That's why it takes courage. That's why it takes courage. You've got to have courage to be a good Christian, to be a right Christian. Anybody can compromise. It doesn't take any courage whatsoever to compromise. But watch this. What happens the moment you stop swimming? You, you don't even have to swim the other direction. All you have to do is stop making your efforts. Stop reading your Bible. Stop praying. Stop spending time with God. Stop being separated. Allow things into your life. Now, now we know what they're talking about. They're talking about hanging out with, with their neighbors who are following idolatrous gods, wicked gods that sacrifice their children to Baal and, 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 and these false idols and, and, and ultra-wickedness. Let's apply that to today. Sometimes we allow things in our family, in our life, and, 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 and we do things that we know is not quite right, but it's not that big a deal, we think, and we just slowly but surely, Satan creeps in. Slowly but surely. And, and we can't compromise. We have to be a separated people. Verse 8. Verse 8. <clears throat> verse 6. Verse 6, I wrote, know and follow the word. Verse 7, be a separated people. Verse 8, cleave. Look what it says in verse 8. But cleave unto the Lord your God, as ye have done unto this day. The word word used here is the word pursue, to chase after. It means to, to capture. Pursue God. Capture, to hold on to, to cling to. Now, what's the application here? <laughs> Every man is going to chase something. Every man is going to chase something. It's in us to do that. It may be fame. It may be women. Men. It may be fortune. But we're going to pursue something. Something is going to have our, our affection. And what he's saying here is let God be that. Cleave to God. Pursue Him. Pursue His presence. Hold on to Him. Grip upon... It's just like the, the, the word used, the word used that man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Hold on to each other. Separate themselves from their parents and now they are one with each other. He's saying, hold on to God. Pursue God. Chase after God. Seek His will. Seek His pleasure. Seek His smile. Let Him be the priority in your life. Let Him be the direction that you are facing and going after. Do everything you can to please Him. Because if you do that, nothing else matters. Amen? Now, All right, we got 10 minutes to finish this outline, hey, amen. I can do it. <laughs> Write this down. Write this down. First, we see a historical reminder. Now, now here's the thing. What we're fixing to look at now, what we're, we're fixing to look at now is why we need to do 6, 7, and 8. Does this make sense? It's why we need to do 6, 7, and 8. First, he, he, there's a historical reminder. From verses 1 through 13. Go home and read. I want to read these out loud tonight. Doggone it. God says, I came to Abraham. Three things right here. Three things. He reminds them of their beginning. He reminds them of their beginning. And I'm not talking about, I'm not talking about at, when they crossed the Jordan. I'm not talking about when they left Egypt. All that's included. But he goes all the way back to Abraham. And he said, listen, Abraham was an idolater. Abraham was not seeking me. I came to Abraham. I've heard people say, I found God. No, you didn't. He wasn't lost. You wasn't even looking for God. God found you. God came looking for you. Every illustration is there. What happened? The prodigal son, not the prodigal son, Mephibosheth is one of the greatest examples. Mephibosheth was broken. Mephibosheth was a cripple. Listen, on behalf of somebody else, we're crippled because of what Adam did. And here Mephibosheth is in Lodibar. Lodibar means no thing, nothing. When we're lost, we have nothing. We have no joy, no peace, no happiness, no assurance, no future. Somebody say amen. And here he is in Lodibar, but there was somebody in the palace. The king was in the palace, and his mind was on Mephibosheth. He was looking for Mephibosheth. Is there any of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? And David, listen, Ziba said, I know, I know Ziba is a type of the Holy Spirit. He said, I know who he is, and I know where he is, and I know what his problem is. His name is Mephibosheth, he's in Lodibar, and he's a cripple. How many of y'all are glad that the Holy Spirit knew your name, and he knew where you was, and he knew what your problem was, and he, oh, say amen right there. He says, and David says, David is a type of God the Father. Jonathan is a type of God the Son. And David was good to Mephibosheth, the sinner, because of Jonathan's sake. And God the Father is good to us as a sinner because of the sake of his Son. He's not good to us because of who we are, what we did. It's because of who Jesus is and what he did. Somebody say amen. And he came to where Mephibosheth was. Mephibosheth couldn't find him. And even if he did know where he was, he couldn't get to him. And God, man, I'm telling you, it's good stuff. And before they left, before he died, he's reminded them of their beginnings. He says, I want you to understand, before I die, you need to understand where you came from. God came to Abraham while he was an idolater, and it was all of God. It was God's grace. It was God's mercy. It was God's choosing. Jesus told his own disciples, he said, you didn't choose me, I chose you. And God didn't, listen, we didn't choose God, God chose us. He reminded them of their beginning. Then he reminded them of all the battles all the battles he said look what I did I drove him out listen the hornet now there's been speculation about what the hornet is but, but we know we know by Rahab's testimony said man we heard what y'all did and the moment we heard it our hearts just melted and there was no strength in any man and that same spirit that same fear struck all of Canaan and they didn't have no, they didn't have no fight in them God took the fight out of them before Israel ever got to them. Say man. He removed the stinger. And here's the thing. How many battles has God brought us through? Amen. Right. Preacher, you don't know what I've been through, but you're still here. Yeah, right. You know that thing you thought was going to kill you? you still here. You, you might be in rough shape, but you're here. You might be bleeding, but you're here. You might be a little worse for wear, but you're here. Amen? (laughs) He reminded them of the battles. He reminded them of the beginning. Listen, the battles is verses 5 through 12. The beginning is verses 2 through 3. The blessings in verse 13. Verse 13. He says, And I have given you a land for which ye did not labor, cities which ye built not, you dwell in them, of the vineyards and olive yards, which ye planted not, that do you eat. How many of y'all would agree with me right here for the next 30 seconds that God's been good to us? Amen. Amen. <laughs> I, was, I, I was coming out of church today. I said, man, I'm going to cry. This is going to be silly. It's gonna, you're going to think it's silly. I was coming by the church today. And I was looking in the parking lot. And I was looking at them flowers they just planted. I thought, man, that's uptown right there. You say, why are you saying that? Because see, I was here when we had plywood stalls for the bathroom. And I was here when we was walking through mud to get an auditorium. And I was here when we had had half- color chairs and other half color and, and wooden benches. we barbed somebody and wooden benches had cracks in it, that when some, somebody that was a little larger on one end moved around, it would pinch you on this end and you'd get the spirit. <laughs> You thought it was Jesus, but it was the pew. <laughs> <laughs> Amen? You don't believe me? Go look at the pictures out there. And man, I was just, I was just driving by. And I was thinking, man, look at what God's done. And, and I know you think, oh, that's just it. It's just a plant. It's just a, a crepe myrtle in the middle. A little, uh, it look like. Uh, I don't know what the other kind of things are but they're pretty <laughs> and it look I'm like wow ain't God good to us Amen. and you know what all Joshua was doing he's trying to remind them hey yeah. when we started this thing we were slaves uh-huh. <laughs> oh man listen How many times did God say, I'm going to take him to a good land? He started it with Moses at the burning bush. He said, I'm going to take him to a good land. When the spies, when the spies went in and come back, them ten negative people, that's what a committee will do for you. The two positive people said, whoo. You know what their words were? It's a good land. It's a good lamb. Oh, man. You would not believe. Oh, it's a good lamb. Now watch. It's not the threats from God that will keep you right. Do you know what the Bible says? It is the goodness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Now, let me explain it this way. Do you know what motivated the prodigal son? I know what you're going to think. Oh, he was hungry. No. Nope. You know what he remembered? He said, "Ooh, the father has got bread enough in the spare." Yeah. It was the goodness of the father that. And what Joshua trying to explain to them? I mean, he's going to tell them. You know, he better because there's curses and there's blessings. Going to, you know, I, I put before you curses and I put before you blessing. You choose. But what he's trying to do is look look what God has done. He's going to tell him, choose you this day whom you will serve. But before it does, he says, look what God has done. How in God's name can we turn our backs on him? How in God's name can we go out and follow these false gods who haven't done anything? Why would you follow a God that's been defeated? Right? One minute Now, nah, we'll wait. Listen, listen. He says, "Choose. Let me just give it to you. <clears throat> just write fast, just right fast. There's a historical reminder. Number two, there's a heartfelt request. He says, "Choose you this day. Make up your minds, people. Make up your minds. You see, he said, you're either going to serve the gods, he said, put away the gods that are among you. You know what that tells us? They were still dipping and dabbing. They still had some little hidden things. They still had some little hidden gods, maybe from Egypt, maybe from Abraham's day still. And, And what's the point? How do we apply that? Hey, we may may love God, and we may appreciate what He's done for us, but we may have some still things hidden in our life that we need to deal with. God don't want some of you. He wants all of you. Amen? A heartfelt request. First, He says choose. Then He says commit. Man, give Him your life. Give Him everything. And And then, number three, quickly, there's a holy requirement. There's a holy requirement. <clears throat> two reasons. Two reasons. The character of the sovereign. Why is there such a holy requirement? Because we serve such a holy God. Then the consequences of sin. The consequences of sin. It's all good, brother. Don't worry about it. We've done anyway. Amen. Listen, everybody stand. Everybody stand. I want you to do this. I want you to do this. Trust Him and remember what He's done for us. Because whatever He's done for us, He can do it again. And all God's people say it. Lord, help us to apply this stuff. Help us to use it. Uh, Lord, time flew by, but that's all right. We got the next time to go. I pray that you'll help us to use it.